Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on TheChairShot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, August 10th, 2023. I forgot where I was for a moment. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network, where we encourage you and invite you and remind you to always use your head. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters like I do every single week, starting with from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob, how's your week, sir? Uh, it's been good so far, and yeah. <clears throat> I forgot what na- the name of the company is, but there's somebody actually has, has a, a shoot bear wrestling championship. <laughs> you sh- man, I laughed when you shared that in the group chat. Oh man, <laughs> you got to get the got the bear face for the buckle. Oh, that's awesome! Or for it's the so plate, so good looking. It was awesome. That was so good. That's that's great. Oh, man. And from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing well, gentlemen. How are we doing? We're doing all right. Jason, not on assignment again this week. We got him two weeks in a row. There you go. You should be so lucky. Ah, no, we are lucky. We're lucky and blessed to have you here. So let's go backwards and... Missed myself. See, I put myself on last. Don't put myself over first anymore. Uh, I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. Uh, we're going to go back around the room here and uh, do a mental health check-in that we try to do here, you know, as often as we can, as often as I remember to call it out. Jason, how's the mental health this week, bub? Going well, you know, talking to my therapist, you know, getting things back on, on track. Um, you know, things are... Things are going well. Things I need to work on, things I need to be mindful of and not let those intrusive thoughts go in and all that good stuff. But overall, uh, we're doing well. Good, good. Rob, how about yourself? I can't complain. uh, Things have been going pretty well so far. And this week, uh, my daughter opened her first bank account. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Good for her. That's right. You did tell us. Uh, I don't know if you said on air. You told me in the uh, in the pre-show huddle that she had she got her first job. Yes. How's that going? Oh, it's going really well, and she's having a good time, and she's enjoying it. And this is such a big step for her. Um, given you know, just she's had issues with anxiety over the years, so for her to be able to do this is it's a big deal. Yeah. And so. Yeah, she got her first couple of paychecks and need to do something with them other than just sit on them. So, figure time to open a bank account. So, we did that. And Good for her. Good step <laughs> forward. So, when does school start back up for you, Rob? Um, man, like, about like two or three weeks. Actually, oh, I mean, you still I, got a couple of weeks. Well, it's, it's the day after Labor Day, actually, because um, about 10 years ago, I think they changed it because they wanted to give, you know, basically the, the, People who run stuff at Ocean City wanted to be able to get one more weekend in for business. Yeah. Oh wow. So, so you know, they lobbied the governor, and the governor was like, "Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that." Okay. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Now we uh, actually most of our county started up today. I think today was the first official day of school in my county, and then a couple that I've got a couple girls that live in that work for me that live in the neighboring county, and I think they went back to school today too. Um, it's wild to me because my son just graduated high school in the end of May, beginning of June, and my girlfriend and I were walking through walking through the store, and there were already school supplies out. And I'm like, how the hell are they already with school supplies? I feel like Dylan just graduated, and I, like I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that it's been two months. And I, I, maybe my memory of it is skewed. Obviously, I'm much, much older. But do we remember the summers lasting longer when we were kids? Or was that just perception? Well, That's I think now. Perception, man. Um, well, they, they do, they do <clears throat> like holiday shopping creep now here um, everywhere. And it's just. Yeah. So they start. You know, I saw school supplies out during like July. Oh, so did I. But I just it was really ramped up. And then it's like it got me to thinking. I'm like. How the hell are they already back to school? And yeah, Tina's like, yeah, they start back up next week. Now we've always here. We we were always one of the last people to start, and yeah. <clears throat> so we we used to start like when I was in school, we started like the week before Labor Day. But you know, and then like I said, now about ten years ago, they moved it to the the week after. Okay. Jason, so you think it's perception, just the way we view it now as adults versus? I mean, at least up here, there's always 180 days in the school year, so it's got to shake out about the same. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, um, and it's been that way since I was a kid and it hasn't changed. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it's just our perception of it. Uh, yeah. Also, for me, at least, everything just feels like it goes quicker and you know, you blink and you miss it, and all of a sudden. So I think that's just getting older, period. But It is, buddy. I've had patients. I've been in healthcare now for 25 years, and I've patients have been telling me for years, the older you get, the faster it goes. I'm going to be 50 in September, and let me tell you, man, that is absolutely <laughs> the truth. I'm still trying to figure out how I have two 18-year-olds um, in my house, in my life, that, you know, these kids were babies, you know, seems like a couple of months ago and yeah. you know now i've got two grown-ass adults and i don't know where the hell 18 years went i don't know where 25 years of my career is gone because i think about certain events that happened and i'm like yeah that was a few years ago i'm like 
No, that was a decade ago. You know, when I lived in New York, I moved up to New York and worked up there for about 13 months. And in my head, when I think about the experiences of living and work in New York, it was four, five, six years ago, maybe. No, it was 11 years ago. And I'm like, how the hell was it a decade? Like, like time is absolutely insane. And everybody's right, man. It just it moves faster the older you get. And that's kind of scary because I'm on the other side. You know, like I said, I'll be 50 and, you know, with uh, any luck and, you know, maybe some decent maintenance, I've got another 30 to 40 years in me. But, yeah, it's crazy. I was just sitting there thinking about that. I figured we'd start the show off with that. Went down a little unintentional side road, uh, you know, talking about school and time, as Jason would say, is a flat circle. Yep. <laughs> Accelerating around the, the disc that is the black hole of life. This seems to be going faster and faster, but nonetheless. Yeah. Well, we didn't come here to talk to you about that. What did we come here to talk to you about? This is a wrestling podcast. We came here to talk to you about wrestling, and uh, we are just one, two, three, what, five days removed from WWE SummerSlam event. We're going to talk to you about that. Talk about the card. I've got some thoughts, as I think we all do. Um, Jason, as as is usual customary for the show, is going to kind of Go down the card, but I want to start off like I usually do here. Uh, Jason, just in general, what did you think of the show? Well, I'm a terrible person to ask because I still haven't watched it back yet. And I got home from the John Williams concert about just as uh, like Roman and Jay were really starting to cook. That's um, right. I so, forgot you and you and the wife went to uh, went to a concert that day. Yeah. So that was. Uh, but uh, I liked the vibe of the show. I was. I'm also, frankly, it, somebody screwed up. If I was able to watch the main event, no, somebody screwed up. Because um, I feel like uh, everyone was saying that it... I feel like the shows that have... Uh, in the Triple H era, the shows that have gone on that late since they've started truncating shows haven't felt like they went on that late. This one, from everyone around me and you know in my sphere anyway was like okay even if you're enjoying everything that's happening this is a long one man this is a slog um and i could feel that at the end because i mean again i went to the whole concert expecting to miss the whole thing um and i got the almost the entire main event so that was a little weird but other than that though the set looked awesome the the vibe was cool um so yeah nothing but uh passing grade for me okay Rob, how about yourself? Um, it was long, and <clears throat> but when I look at now, like the individual pieces, I've watched a couple of the individual matches over. Um, looking at the individual, the individual pieces, I thought were mostly or almost all good, but it's just the length of the show was a killer, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean it, it dragged, man. That show dragged, and. Um, to the point where watching it live, you're just like, oh, man. I couldn't imagine being in the building that night. Maybe it was a different energy in the building because you got to experience it live. Um, But, yeah, I pretty much agree with you guys. It felt like a long show. And now It was a long show, but it also felt like a long show. Okay, how about this? picture in your mind's eye that same show and we tack on another championship level match uh where they burn the where they you know 
burn the house down. And then think about what time we would have got out of there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. God, that would have been a, a whole a whole thing. Um, any other thoughts, Rob? Um, that was to me, that was the biggest thing, just the length. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the individual, the individual pieces were good. But it's just the uh, length was uh, uh, tough. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a little more detail down the road. Yeah, so. we're gonna break it down a bit more in detail as we get further into the further into the show. Um, again, yeah, I, I have nothing much more to to contribute there, uh, other than to say this is probably the first time since the nudge nudge wink wink Triple H era started um, that that the show has felt long. Like all, I, I think I've said that over the last few weeks. The pacing of his shows has felt really good. Um, and even some of your longer shows didn't feel long. Yeah. And this when weekend Summer was. Slam, last year when SummerSlam got over around the same time, we were like, oh, damn. Wow. Right. Is that late? Okay. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, what? It's, it's like one of those things was like, wait, we're done already? And, you know, definitely was not the case. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Jason, you wanna you wanna dig into the card here? Yeah, I was gonna say let's just go right down the list. So we yeah. uh, started the show with uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet in a good old fashioned singles match, where uh, finally Logan Paul took home a W. Uh, I obviously missed it, um, so I can't talk too much about anything aside from the main event and my thoughts and feelings of everyone walking out of it. Uh, but certainly, after watching Mon- uh, Raw and just seen the vibe of everything everyone's walking away from that just fine samantha did her job and did the whole uh bit of her you know saying logan's name and everyone was pros so yeah let's keep it keep it on uh rob good i thought some parts of it were like really good um in the last couple minutes it started it it did start to kind of feel a little repetitive for me because it felt like they were just kind of doing some of the same stuff over um now whether or not they actually were doing the exact same stuff over you know I, until i watched it again i just might be mistaken there but it felt like they were doing felt like they were repeating some stuff there in the last couple of minutes but overall i'd say it was good and you know some parts very good um i really appreciate the logan paul used the foreign object to win <laughs> okay <laughs> because look He's a heel. He is a jerk. He is not a good person. And well, I guess some people will say he's not a good person in real life either. But yeah, you know, I'm not here to never <laughs> talk about that. But Logan Paul, the wrestling character, is a jerk and a heel. And he's not some grizzled veteran fighter. He's not Brock Lesnar where he could be a heel and still, you know, beat people, you know. Um, so he should be cheating. When he wins, he should be cheating. Yep. And I'm glad that he did. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and like I said, uh, Samantha sold it really well. Just with the facial expressions and everything, just showing just disgust that he, you know, that he won the match. So I thought it was a really good way to open the show. And <clears throat> look, and look, the, the, he's the showman. And yeah, at one point he was outside the ring. He, you know, he went to grab a drink. He made sure he grabbed his prime bottle and held it up so you can see it <laughs> um and look he made the plane he, you know he said he wanted to go on first so he could hop on the plane and go see his brother he made the plane and he made it to, to see his brother fight 
So, I mean, you know, the the Logan Paul show, so to speak, was once again a success. Yeah. All right. Gage, did you have anything else on that? Uh, I agree with everything Rob said. He's such a great sports entertainer. You know, from a a work insider standpoint, you could potentially, you know, sit here and argue with, you know, in-ring veterans as to how good of a quote-unquote wrestler he is. I think it's irrelevant. I think the guy holds his own physically with just about anybody in the ring. Um, it's he's he's got the showmanship down. I think this has probably been, aside from Bad Bunny, one of the best business decisions WWE has made in the last five years. Is and, and I and I believe me, I say that chewing my cheek because yeah. I cannot express how much I cannot stand Logan Paul, but. I cannot deny the guy's dedication to it, the guy's ability, his natural gifted ability. The guy's a hell of a showman. He's a hell of a businessman. This was a fun match, and I'm really glad to see Ricochet get that slot to get this job because this is – they're trusting you with a cash cow. You know, that's – that's I, I don't look at that responsibility lightly. And, you know, that they gave it to Ricochet is awesome. I agree. I'm glad. Hopefully, this is a continued upward trajectory for Ricochet. Yeah. Uh, so next, we had the rubber match between the son of a plumber, the son of a son of a plumber, and the beast Brock Lesnar. And we had, from what I'm told, a great match. Cody wins. Oh, oh! And then we get the hug and the handshake. The hug from the beast and the handshake. Oh, the respect. Oh, this attaboy. God. All right. Well, that's over with. So <laughs> Cody gets something, something new to do. Uh, Rob, go ahead. Okay. So I thought this was great. And it had all the, you know, it had all the melodrama you expected. I mean, I mean, he laid it on real thick. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> One thing I do, I do I gotta point out though. All right, this was a, this was not a no DQ match, and Cody used the ring steps, and we have seen people use the ring steps a million times and get disqualified. Yeah, he picked them up and slammed them into Brock's head. He did not yes. throw Brock into them, which obviously you can. We've seen on television every week you can get away with that because that's part of the environment. You can't take the environment and. Smash them in the head with the environment. You got to bring them to the environment, not the environment to them. Yeah. So that's, that's the ref's discretion. He understands the importance of this match. They, they've been the refs have been known to kind of stretch the rule book a little bit. Not in WWE, man. Unfortunately, you're just. I mean, I know you're saying that tongue in cheek, and yes, that is the kayfabe. But in practicality. No, that's not true at all. They, when they, there's a weapon, it's over. So, <laughs> um, just tighten up your storytelling, you know, everyone. But oh, Cody got his moment. So, just right. like uh, everyone, everyone getting really mad that there was interference in the tribal tribal combat because they we're, said we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Oh, but, but look, look, if if we we get on a root beer company when the referee lets them fight outside the ring for five minutes. No, that. I agree. I'm totally agreeing with you. It's it okay. was it's kind of dumb. Yeah. So we can't. You know, we 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 gotta call it what it is here. 
Yeah, we got to be fair. We got to be fair and balanced, as they say. But um, but look, it didn't take away from the match. It was the match was everything. It was you know that was and their rivalry had built to that, and that kind of you know chicanery. So DJ, you are right that like in real life, yeah, the ref might be like, oh, I missed that one. Well, sorry, but you know. Just not a WWE ref based on the presentation you've given me for the past, I don't know, 10 years. So. But it was cool. So, um, did anybody else have anything to say about Brock and Cody? Oh, um, no. So, so, go ahead, Rob. Oh, supposedly, the, the whole handshake thing Brock did was not planned, and Brock just did it himself. I don't care. You can you can say that all you want, and whatever. We'll, we'll yeah. never, I'm not, not even trying to say that they're lying. It's just we will literally never know. Well, that's, well, that's what Hunter said, and Hunter, you know, you know, Hunter always plays it straight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hunter always tells the truth, just like Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, and Triple H—definitely not three people who have never worked anyone ever. Right. <laughs> and uh, I gotta give a shout out to Brock for being on stage at the country music show. Yeah. Who is that guy, man? <laughs> I think about the last 24 to 36 months of Brock Lesnar, and I'm like, who is this dude? Like, Cowboy Brock has been one of the most all-time great gimmicks ever. I it, Just him out there smiling and having fun, and I, I love it. It's it's amazing to watch this. And, and it's, it's interesting because it seems – so out of the pocket for him, like outside of his comfort zone. And he's, he, he's, this is interesting. I think psychologically, this is interesting to me because when you listen to Brock Lesnar talk, this is not what he does as a, as a, it's not comfortable for him. So to see him doing it is amazing. Yeah. yeah it is. It is very cool to see cowboy Brock in action. Uh, and in, you know, in practicality as well. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we had the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royale, which they actually did the thing. You know, they've been saying all, they've been basically telegraphing all month or however long this has been a thing that LA Knight's going to get some shine. You know, LA Knight's a main, big player or going to be a main-ish character, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then when the battle royale happens, it's like, oh, very clearly he's going to win this thing. He, you know, or he just seemed to be the main character of it. And then they didn't even go with my idea, which is, oh, he's not going to win it, but the guy who eliminates him, that's going to make a feud and blah, blah, blah. No, he just eliminated Sheamus and won it. So, yeah. Uh, so, oh, excuse me, I should, I should say, yeah, uh, your winner, L.A. Knight, uh, DJ. I thought this was fun. I always like battle royals. Um, I had little doubt going in. I, this is the part of the online discourse that drives me insane. Are the people that act like WWE doesn't know what they have? It's very obvious by the crowd reaction. This guy is over. I think I read somewhere that he's one of the top merch sellers in the company right now. Um, and, and believe me, WWE is very, very acutely aware of that. The problem is... They've got so many things going on right now that it's you can't just shoehorn this guy in somewhere or it's going to feel shoehorned. 
And you don't want to do that. Any progression that this guy makes up the card has got to feel natural. You just can't throw him out there because, ah, he's the hot guy this week. Because then the Internet's going to do exactly what they do every single time. You take somebody who's hot for a hot minute, and then you give them what they want, and they crap all over it. And that's what I think is going to happen with L.A. Knight. If you just all of a sudden throw him out there, Internet's going to look at him and go, okay, well, that's that. What's next? And... So they did the very smart thing, and they put him in a feud with The Miz so that the internet will go like, ah, I don't care anymore. And then the rest of us will go, okay, this is good, and they're going to do amazing work. It's going to be incredible. And, oh, by the way, Miz is always the test run guy for, like, the next guy. So oh, and They're already doing amazing work. That, that promo on Monday night was money. Straight oh, no. money between those two guys. I mean, that, that sells me a ticket right there. That Just that little, what, two, three-minute interaction that those guys had, that kind of shit sells me a ticket. And, and those, boys, know, those boys are just getting warmed up. Oh, yeah. We're just in, the, we're just in page, page three of chapter one with this. Right. And, so, that was, and that's important because that was the first time he was in there with somebody who actually go back at him. Yeah, yeah. And, right. you know, he held his own. And, you know, of course, the Miz can go toe-to-toe, word-for-word with anybody. Yeah. So, it's just amazing to see. I enjoyed the Battle Royal. I was glad to see him win. Um, yeah, WWE knows exactly what they've got in him. Calm down. Whatever his destiny is, he will achieve it in WWE. I, I, I feel that. I know that. I see it. Honestly, guys, let's just look forward to the fact that I can comfortably guarantee you that by WrestleMania, he will be doing something really, really fun. Yes. If we just stay the course and let's not push this guy to the moon and let's not do what we do, I'll even put myself in this category with these people as much as I don't want to. If we just let things play out and just, Rob? Watch, just watch the show. There you go. Then we are going to have a great time by the time we get to WrestleMania. I could, that's a promise to the listeners. So let me just, so. just say it. You've got to remember, the majority of the people watching the show say, think, hey, this guy's really cool. I want, and I want to see him on the show. And that's about as far as they take it. Okay? Yep. And, and yeah, when he's in a match, they're going, and now, yes, they're going to root for him to win the match when he's in a match. That is what the majority of the audience is doing. Okay, you 10% or however many yahoos there are out there who are like, well, he needs to win the U.S. title right now. Okay. Just think, guys, think about your favorite football team, okay? And I'm not kidding. Think about your 12th favorite player on that team, all right? About as much as you care about that dude, that guy care. the average people care about L.A. Knight. So... Just he's just another dude, and we yes we like him, but in the bottom line, he's just here on the show that I like that I watch to you know get my mind off work, and he's a funny guy. I think he's going to end up being more than just a dude, my friend. Oh no 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 no! That's what I'm saying. Like the average, like the the, the guy who doesn't listen to the podcast, the guy who doesn't get on wrestling Twitter, the guy who just watches Monday Night Raw. He says, "Ha ha! He's the funny ha ha man on my on the the underpants fighting show, which is fine, and it's okay if he doesn't rise above and become this intercontinental champion and this and that and whatever. The guy's a sports entertainer. 
let's just enjoy the ride. Okay. Yeah, and, I mean, it goes where it goes. And um, now I, I do think a little bit higher of him than, than what you're saying here, Jason. But um, I do I think, don't think that. My God, the average bar, the average non like super fan, the non internet fan, the people who actually just watch the show. I don't think they're like, you know, over the moon about the guy. They're just like, oh, this guy's new. He's fun. He's cool. He's hip. He makes funny noises and he makes me laugh. There we go. Let's keep it moving. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, uh, let's not spend too much time on LA Knight because, frankly, he is awesome and he is going to do great. So, next up, we had an MMA rules match where. Uh, Diesler defeated Ronda Rousey by choking her out of the territory. So I missed the match, so I can't. Don't have much. No, you didn't. Well, Um, I didn't see it. Yeah. um, What tough crowd. As we say, this was a thing that happened. I liked that. the one thing I saw was how uh, Shayna got her eye busted. That was a very sweet jumping knee strike that Ronda used. Oh, she's fucking good, yeah. Was, that was a picture-perfect jumping knee strike. Like, I think Kenny Omega did a backflip watching that thing. Go ahead and speak your piece, Robin, and I've got some thoughts on this. Okay. Um, okay, so my first thought was this is the wrong venue for that. Um... I've seen some comments from people who are more kind of MMA aficionado types and who thought it was very well done. Um, but it's just, and like, I, you know, I don't know. For me, for for a a, for a a match on a pro wrestling show, it didn't do anything for me. And it just didn't. And a lot of MMA fights... Good MMA fights. A lot, a lot of good MMA fights are boring. If you're not an MMA guy or MMA gal, um, so yeah, I take people's word for it that it was a well-executed MMA wrestling match. Um, for me, it was just, you know, um, yeah. And um, to to understand what Rob, I'm sorry, Rob, I didn't even cut you no, off, but just because the thoughts in my head. Um, to understand what Rob's saying about how MMA fights can be boring. Rob, did you ever watch the early beginning days of Ultimate Fighting, UFC? I did, and that's when they had no weight classes and there was no holds barred and you just people just swung wild and beat the shit out of each other. Did you ever watch Royce Gracie? Or yes. Royce Gracie? I watched that was about, family, and they were boring. Dude, they're boring. Boring as hell. Tough dude. I, I wouldn't cross him. No. Like, I wouldn't tell him to his face that his fights were boring. But, <laughs> dude, it was it was literally, unless they tapped out quick, it was 10, 15 minutes of submission. He yeah. would just, he would octopus some dude in a hold and hold him there until the dude either, like, passed out or tapped out. <laughs> yeah, and because and, um, you'd watch the whole kind of, and in the early days of UFC, like they they didn't have like the cards were like tournaments basically. Yeah. And these guys they would you know they would go through they would win they won the tournaments they would you know they would run through all these people and they would submit all of them with arm bars and it was and it'd be really boring and because 
like the whole rest of the tournament would be guys just swinging wild and throwing kicks and elbows and all this type of stuff. And then you would get to them and they would win with these arm bars and it would be really boring unless it was quick, like you said. Um, and it's just, look, I was a high school wrestler, high school. And you know what? There's a reason that there's a reason you don't have quote unquote professional amateur wrestling. Yes. There's a reason <laughs> you don't have that. There's a reason that pro wrestling is a work with theatrics and all those other costumes and all types of stuff. Okay. Because you cannot get 50,000 people to fill a stadium to watch four hours of quote unquote professional amateur wrestling. You could not because if you're not into it, it's boring. <laughs> it just is. All right. And so this is one of those things. Um, it's like, if you're, like if, look, if you're not into soccer, I'm not a soccer guy. If you're not into soccer, soccer is boring as hell. I played three years of soccer, and I can't watch well, it on TV. Yeah, if you're not a soccer Lord, guy, soccer is boring as hell. Lord Jesus, I've tried. I've tried so hard, and I just can't get into it. Yeah. Right. And it, so it's, but now people who are people who are into soccer, people who are soccer fans, soccer guys and gals, they love they it. They think it's great. Um, and they think we're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're, Why we're do you not find that exciting? No, yeah. I don't know. Right. You know, we're the stupid Americans with our American football, right? I mean, but, <laughs> but um, you know, and to me, that's what it was. So even, I mean, it's just, you, you know, I mean, it's yeah. wrong, wrong venue. And I know this is what they wanted to do. Um, and I think Greg, our boss, Greg DeMarco said this was an example of when you probably should have told them no. Um, yeah. There are better ways to do this. Um, if you want Look, I always recommend the the Lions Den match with Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock, which was at SummerSlam 1998. Um, that's an example of how you do a quote unquote shoot style wrestling match. Yep. And um, and well, Ken Shamrock is a perfect example because you know, I mean, he did it some of his MMA stuff in the ring, but outside of the one or two things he did. I mean, he he was a you know he was a pro wrestler, and he did pro wrestling stuff. You know, he worked pro wrestling matches. Yeah. Um. They didn't try to shoehorn. They didn't try to force us into accepting, you know, MMA stuff, MMA matches with featuring Ken Shamrock. Right. Um. He had to get in there. He had to learn how to work. And he got all good at it. By the way, you know. Hey, Ken uh, Shamrock. I knew I was. I, I don't think Sean Waltman's on uh, Twitter anymore, but or at least he, I haven't seen him post anything in a while. But I a couple of years, several years ago now, somebody said something about Shamrock. Shamrock actually wrestled like work style matches prior to WWE, and I did not know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, he had a history of, of pro wrestling. He'd been trained prior to going to WWE. He'd worked some some uh, some work matches. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts. Are, go ahead, Rob. Finish up and then I'll. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, this was not the place. Um, and, you know, that's under, it's just, it is what it is. It's, this wasn't the place for it. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, f- my thoughts on this I didn't enjoy it. I uh, didn't, and did, that just goes without saying. That being said, their presentation of what they were trying to do was quite good. Um, I, I thought it at times it felt like a legitimate shoot. 
Um, the, the, the step up knee to the face was stiff. There was one spot early on in the match where Shayna kicked uh, Ronda in the side of the head. It was pretty stiff. Um, I, I think all in all, they did the best they could with what they were given. Um, I, I agree with both of you. I This was not... Uh, wrestling fans don't pay to see shoot matches. And they're yeah. sure as hell not going to pay to see a worked shoot match. Um, so, again, this is one of those times where I agree... Management should have looked at him and said, no, we're not doing that. And just like the one a few years ago with Brock and with Kane Velasquez, that was... It wasn't you know, good. No, it just wasn't. And, um, you know, just, yeah, we got, got to stop doing these things. Cause, yeah. And, you know. Just stop talking about it. And if you have, like, the next time, like, I don't know, Brock and, like, Solo Sokoa get in a ring together... We don't have to call it an MMA match. We don't even have to pull out the fight pit. Just tell them, hey, work this kind of more a strikey, UFC, grapply, whatever style, and they'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, just if that's what the vibe you want, just tell your wrestlers to wrestle in that style. Instead of just, instead of handcuffing them with, you have to, otherwise it's going to look weird. But it ended up looking weird. Well, right, exactly. It's going to look weird either way, but right. regardless. Yeah. All right, so moving on, we had the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, uh, one last question. Uh, was that the last time we see Ronda Rousey in a wrestling ring? Well, yeah. in a, uh, for I, a match, I should I say. say. No. I no, say no, she'll be back at some point. I, I say no as well. I think the, the claims <clears throat> of her retirement are greatly overblown. So I think just, I mean, that... that you know, because um, you know she lost the match and she left the ring and walked to the back. I mean, that's it's not going to end that way with her. I no, also there's, there's going to be a send off. Yeah, it was very very interesting for uh, Shayna to use Piper's pet the other night, though. Oh yeah, and uh, that was that was that almost made me look at it and go, did like Ronda bequeath it to her? Jeez. Um, but in any case, so moving on, we have the Intercontinental Championship up for grabs. The champion Gunther was putting it on against, uh, putting it up against a newly returned Drew McIntyre. Uh, I didn't see the match. Uh, glad Gunther is going, is continuing his little run here. Uh, that's what I predicted. Um, and I, you know, nothing against Drew. I'm sure he's going to move on to like a world championship match. So, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob, what do you got here? I'm laughing at you because, because you know, because um, because of your your uh, thinly veiled disdain for Drew. Hey, God, he's Roman Reigns 2016. What happens when Roman loses the champ- the U.S. Uh, championship? Well, at the pay per view. Well, guess what? On Monday, you're in a four pack cha- four corners match, and the winner gets a world title match. So you're doing fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, we're just doing that over and over again with this guy. 
DJ, what'd you have for the Intercontinental Championship? Well, he just jumped right over Rob on that one. Um, I thought the match was excellent. I had no doubts it would be. Drew's a hell of a tough guy. Gunther's a hell of a tough guy. I I picked uh, last week. I picked Drew to win this, not because I necessarily wanted Drew to win, but because I want Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental Championship legacy to remain intact. I want that mainly because the internet will burn, and I like chaos. I mean, you could you can do. The, the story of someone getting this close to breaking Honky Tonk's record a couple of times. You can only do the breaking at once. I don't think they should yeah. break it. Yeah, I mean, do, no, they, I, do they hate Honky that much? Does he have yeah, that much I, heat within the company? I kind of I look at it now and I'm like, no, Gunther's got pretty much everything he's going to get out of this run anyway. I don't think he needs the extra accolade. I, I just don't. And like, maybe, yeah. Keep that one in the chamber, you know? Yeah, him beating Honky does nothing for this run. Like, I don't think it adds anything to this run. That's that's my biggest takeaway from that. Because we all expect as soon as that dude drops the title, he's going to the main event. Yes. So, like, he's going to the main event whether he beats Honky's record or not. So, let's not beat Honky Tonk's record because then we can give that to somebody who might actually be able to need it or use it. So... That just seems very simple to me. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad uh, that it's going on for now. So then next up, we had a oh, world... Oh, 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 you skipped no. over Rob. You skipped like, over yeah, Rob to me. The and then you skipped over Drew. Rob completely. It's just a Drew McIntyre match. I didn't think we were going to spend that much time on it. Rob, go ahead. <laughs> God. Um, all right, listen. Look, uh, now, see, I'm missing... Yeah, he with the Drew McIntyre fans now. Look, I, I missed most of this match because a certain inhabitant of this household wanted to eat. <laughs> and damn it, Miles. And no, no, the, 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 the one is the, the one inhabitant of this household who can't feed themselves. And, like, <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm throwing Kitty under the bus here. Okay, Miss Kitty's fault. Yeah, because right like Catherine, she does right, nothing. Right when the bell was about to ring to start, I get. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, I've been better now than 15 minutes later. Um, we'll get to that. But so I missed most of the, I did miss most of the match. Um, the stuff I saw was really good. I was surprised that Gunther just beat him clean. Um, they, I, like, decimated him in the last 60 seconds of the match. Yeah, I mean, I figured um, that, you know, the, the, the boys would get involved there. Um <clears throat> In a way, I feel like that's almost a like statement on who Drew was, who Drew is, because yeah, I don't think he never had the Gunther did that to resort to any shenanigans or the crew or anything like that. But he had to put it into sixth gear in that in that last sixty seconds, because it's true freaking McIntyre. Like I joke on the guy, but he's he is who he is, man. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, honestly, I, from what I saw, obviously it was an awesome match. So you know, salute Drew. We all know it's a just a gag. Don't <laughs> Drew, Drew McIntyre fans don't get in your feelings. But let me explain. Yeah. If you're new to the podcast, Jason hates Drew McIntyre. Rob hates Correct. women's wrestling. Right, Correct. right, <laughs> got it. Um, so next up, we had a world heavyweight championship match. 
where, um, I mean, this time it's serving a purpose. Well, we had Seth Rollins defending his championship against the Judgment Day's Finn Balor, and we once again had the Judgment Day definitely try to help and definitely bumble it up um, with was, and the question mark of was Priest trying to cash in or was he just there to help? We don't know. Uh, So then that's continuing. So, um, fine. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just interested to see when this is going to blow off, if they're going to keep doing the will he, won't he, are they going to fight, are they not going to fight thing. Um, I, it's getting into weird territory where I'm like, I want some, okay, let's get to the next part now. Um, but we shall see. So, uh, and the right man won, Seth, if, if nothing major is going to happen, then Seth should absolutely retain. So DJ. Uh, I call for Finn Balor to win this one. I felt like, like if we're going to do something with Finn, it's gotta be sooner than later. And I realize they're doing something with him in, in terms of this feud, this impending blow up with him and Damian Priest. And it's compelling to me and I'm I'm invested in it, but I, I think I might have been a bit more invested if the World Heavyweight Championship was involved. Um but now they've removed that. Like Seth has definitively beaten Finn three times now. Like you don't come back from that. You don't just oh well, well let me try one more time. I just I, I'm not here for that. Um all in all I thought the match was excellent. I thought it was a great match from two of the best in the business, and I got everything I wanted to see out of it, except the finish. And that's hard for me to say because, again, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, Seth is my boy. Yeah, Rob. Um, well, it, it didn't help that I saw them have a match at the house show a few weeks ago. So, um, it, well, it, it didn't help in the fact that I'd you know already seen them have a match. So, you know, um. You know, so I was just kind of going through the motions through most of the match, and no fault of theirs. But yeah, you know, and then I guess the thing, you know, they're kind of the well, the, one of the downsides, like I said, the tension they've been building up between them and Priest has been really good. Uh, the downside to that is that it makes it very easy to check out of the match until the finish, um, because that's what you're, you know, you're so invested in how's this match going to end. Um, to that point, I thought they got a little too cute there in the last few minutes. Because um, they had, um, you know, Priest hit Seth, and then that looked like that could have been the end, and he kicks out, and then uh, he gets to stomp on Finn Balor. Finn Balor kicks out, and Finn Balor gets the coup de grace on him, and he kicks out. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and Somebody so- equated this to an NXT black and gold era match. And I think that's spot on. Yeah. Not, not oh, look at, and look at the two guys running it. Well, yeah. Right. And uh, so, yeah, this, this was, you know, Tyler Black and Prince Devitt here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, Which that's isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. I mean, it's, no. it's okay to throw these things out there once in a while. People get so yeah. locked into the WWE style and the WWE template that I'm okay with once in a while them having one of these indie riffic, you know, outside the box type matches. Right. Yeah. And so now, now I did like the, like the actual finish. I re- I thought that was really good. You know, yes. where, where you got, where you, you, know, you got caught with the stone on the briefcase. I just, you know, like the, like I said, the stuff they were doing right before that to me was, was a bit much. 
But sure. overall, I think it's a very good match. And uh, yeah, like I said, if I hadn't seen it a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, yeah, I probably would have been more into it. Okay. Cool. All right. So next up, we have a triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, we have Bianca Belair uh, and Charlotte Flair challenge, uh, excuse me, challenging the champion Asuka. And in a surprise, Bianca Belair won. Just she just won. I mean that that uh, bit with uh, Asuka spraying, uh, excuse me, misting Charlotte when Charlotte was applying the figure eight was really really funny. That was a fun little spot. Um, but before we talk about what happened next, I mean, I guess you kind of have to, but was anybody, where was everybody at when this happened? Rob, what did you think? Ah, uh, well, cause it's funny cause I'm gonna call this the, the just watch the show match. Cause I've seen some different opinions on it and people who were more inclined to just watch the show and have a good time were very high on it and thought it was very good. Uh, people who were more nitpicky about stuff were nitpicking things. <laughs> and, what could you um, yeah, well, because uh, I mean, when I watched it when when I watched it live, I was like, okay, this is good, but I've seen better from all three of them. Uh, mm-hmm. When I watched it the second time, I felt a lot better about it. And okay. and but they, I thought they all did a really good job in their parts. And yeah, I think we we all thought Bianca was actually injured when she got you know dumped over the top rope down to the floor. <laughs> and um yeah so she look she sold the hell out of that and because for yeah for i mean i think she had everybody fooled you know i guess you know until the part where she of course once she starts limping back to the ring then you know but <clears throat> but at least for the first couple of minutes it looked it looked real and good job with the way they shot it because you saw her go over the top rope you didn't see her land nice so you know, I guess obviously if you were sitting at ringside, you saw her land. But for all of us watching at home, you didn't see the you didn't see how she landed. So you you know, so you didn't see that it was actually probably a perfectly fine landing. Um, but you just saw her go. You saw her go over the top. You saw you heard the banging against the steps. And then when they cut over to her, she was rolling around holding her knee, and again she was selling the hell out of it. And so, you know, great job by her there. And look for a minute there, I'm like, oh damn it, she this is this sucks. Uh, for two <laughs> reasons. Because one, you know, I mean you don't want to see anybody get hurt. And then, you know, me being me, I immediately thought, oh great, we know they're gonna blame for this. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But, yeah, the um, internet. Yeah, but it, you know, thankfully it, it, it was a it was a worked injury. So and now look, I thought you know they really picked it up in the, like in the closing minutes. I thought the closing minutes were really great. Yeah. And, you know, then Bianca did the four fifty, you know, off the top rope. And for all you people who always get upset, Charlotte did a moonsault. She actually she didn't land on her feet in the ring. She landed on both the people. Okay, are you happy now? Oh my goodness! Are you all happy? right, DJ. Are you happy? You are you happy that, that, she, that she finally that she landed on the people and didn't land? Yes, on the, very, are very happy. Okay. <laughs> are you happy now, DJ? Uh, this was my match of the night. I absolutely loved this match. It was at least a little shaky in some spots. I, I agree with Rob. I think they've 
all three had better matches. Um, <clears throat> I'm not an overly huge fan of triple threats to begin with, so it's rare that I come across one that I'll probably go back and watch again. This is one I think has rewatchability for me. Um, there were some really clever spots in there. Uh, the the Oscar missed spot was really good. Uh, Bianca with the knee injury, she had me. She had me the whole time until about the second or third time the camera flashed back on her again. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. They keep camming on her. Something's going to happen. And then when she turned back around and got back in the ring, it was just amazing. The 450 splash. There was so much good stuff to be had from that. I think, like you said, on the whole card, full of good matches. This was the one, like you said, Jason, I just watched the show. And in just watching the show, enjoyed this match the most. And well, another thing um, I really like going towards them when Charlotte and Bianca would just start trading shots at each other. Yes. Like, yeah. I'm ready for that. And that was great because it it's like a slow burn to the two of them getting hands on each other down the road. Yeah. And and then, like, you can tell Charlotte was really feeling. She was like, come on, bitch, what do you got? And Bianca and, will give it to her. Yeah. And, you know, when, when when she's doing that, then that means, you know, she really likes who she's in there with. And, and she really likes working with the person. People can kiss off on their takes about Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is trying to elevate the women she's in the ring with. Whether you believe that or not, she wants you to bring the best that you possibly have if you're going to get in the ring with her. And it's because um, Trinity said that in an interview. She said that, that she said, yeah, she's tough. And she said, when you get in there with her, you'd see the sink or swim. Yeah. And she expects you to, you know, to raise your performance when you're in I there. would equate her to, she's the women's division's Randy Orton. Because Randy Orton's the same way. It's like, look, yeah, I'm Randy by God Orton, and I'm going to get in here, and I'm going to wear you out. But if you bring your A game, I'm going to respect you for it. Yeah, it's kind of honestly. To, look, honestly, you can tell. I mean, some of her matches. Yeah, it is. Okay, we're gonna go a few minutes. I'm gonna put you in the figure, and you're gonna tap out. And I'm gonna get out of here because you know you're not really doing much. But yeah, but sometimes that's just a time allotment too. Yeah, they true. Give her, you, know, you guys got four minutes. Go make something out of it. Right, and you know, and then, and but when she's in there with somebody who does raise their performance, then she gives know. them more. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right, so next up, though, we had EO Sky cash in her Money in the Bank briefcase for a championship match for the WWE Women's Championship against the new champion, Bianca Belair. And she won in, a, in you know about 10 seconds, it looks like. So, new champion, right after the new, new champion, uh, we have the new, new, new champion, uh, Bianca, excuse me, EO Sky. So we walk out with a cash in. Rob, what were your thoughts after that happened? Um, one, okay, this is one time where I'm happy that we did not get number 15. <laughs> Rob but, was sweating the whole night. Because <laughs> let me tell you, if that had happened, if, if, we, if she had won that match and got number 15, just get cashed in on the fourth time. You, know, you might have seen me in one of those videos where people are chucking their TV across the you know, <laughs> room or whatever. Okay. Um, oh, God. Okay. Um, so, so, is that in the back of your head the whole time? It's just like she's just here to get number 15, to get cashed in on, to move things uh, along? I, well, no, I, I didn't think she, I honestly did not think she was going to win the match. Um, oh, okay. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm 
glad it didn't happen because I don't want 15 to be that way. Um, and I know you're like, well, we can't get to 16 if we don't get to 15. That's you know, true. Like, <sighs> Actually true. Remember, for every 16-time world champ, you got to be a 15-time uh, loser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I love I'm, seeing him sweat over this. It's great. I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen this time. Because, uh, look, I did not want her winning that thing until the briefcase matter was settled. So... Now that the briefcase matter is settled, we we can we can march on to fifteen in earnest. And okay, <laughs> okay, and, we're past cash in season. Now it's okay. Yeah, See, my favorite my favorite guy was like, you know, I don't want to be like all everyone counts championships, and John Cena is going to get this many. Well, you have to be this many time loser. I don't want to do that. What can I do? Oh yeah, I'll just hold the belt by God forever. There you go, man. That's what you got to do. Oh, imagine the conniption! Imagine the conniption the the wrestling community online would have if Charlotte Flair decided to break one of those records. Well, well, well that's the thing. Right now, uh, Bianca has the record. Right. So imagine. Yeah. So imagine the uh, kvetching we'd have if Charlotte Flair made that known that she wanted to be the longest reigning women's champion of whatever. Yeah, you know, because she she books okay. herself and she she politics for everything. She would get it right. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly how blessings. it works. So count your blessings, Internet, that you live under a magnanimous queen who gives and gives and gives to the people, and she could be very selfish. So I'm pretty sure that's what the guys on the I Hate Charlotte Flair podcast talk about. No. Yep. Sure. <laughs> so we uh, congrats, new champion Eo Sky, and we actually didn't get any sort of bumbling or anything with uh with Bailey and did you what what. So what's going to happen there? Is Bailey eventually just going to get jealous of her? And I think that's eventually. The problem is you've got two very, very almost identical storylines with Judgment Day and Damage Control. Because you yeah. have one person who's got the briefcase and another person who definitely wants a shot at that respective brand's world championship. Obviously, Bailey always has her eyes on the prize. And it's the same thing with Finn Balor. So you got to be careful here so you're not telling the exact same story, you know, linear, linearly, if that's even a word. I think I just made up a word um, from Raw to SmackDown um, because people are going to take notice of that. I have a feeling anything that happens with Bailey is going to be somewhere down the road after the Judgment Day implosion. I think there's a – unfortunately, they, you know, by accident, there's a really cool story you could tell with Dakota when she gets back. Yeah. So, like somebody, somebody feeling left behind, and blah blah blah. But, um, but yeah. So, Eos guy, congrats, new champ. Um, so we had, we moved on to the main event of the evening. We had the tribal combat, uh, combat for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and the title of Tribal Chief of the Anawati fam, uh, Wrestling Family. We had Roman Reigns defending both those titles. Against the despicable, traitorous Jey Uso, <laughs> turned his back on the family, turned his back on the tribal chief. Got got too big for his britches. Thinks he can run the show. Thinks he can, you know, thinks he can be on Good Morning America. Thinks he can main event WrestleMania. Thinks he can be in the movies. He, you know, you get a couple of main events and you're like, oh, I can main event the Thunderdome in front of no people. So I, the rest of it is easy, right? 
Well, well Jay, ke Jason, keep it up, pal. Maybe they'll sell you some scraps off the tribal table so you can, you know, e eat a little bit. Hey, man, I am just happy to live under the, the sunlight that our tribal chief casts, okay? So, uh, moving on from that, we had, uh, so that match was awesome, first off. Uh, they told, they did all the drama. Cody was probably in the back there just going like, man, these guys get it. Because they were, the drama was high. Uh, the match was very, very good. If I can get complaining out of the way, I would, even not having watched the rest of the show and knowing, not knowing where I can trim, I would tell you, even with the stakes, even with everything that happened, even with the ending, I would tell you, you could cut five minutes off of that match and we would have not lost a goddamn thing. I think it did get a little drag, so I would say, but again, I was coming into the show late after an already late night, so I was in a different headspace than you guys. But other than that, though, the match was incredible. And if you listen to last week's episode, right before we left, the, or left you fair people for the week, your boy called it. Jimmy chose to be on the right side of history, and he came <laughs> up and defended his tribal chief, and he took down the traitorous Dan Jey Uso, <laughs> and Roman Reigns was able to spear that boy through a table and into uh, hopefully retirement or getting away from that Hawaii family and go over to Dynamite and go over to Evolution and to make your name over there. God, you're just booking Jay right out of the territory. Jeffrey Tattoo, here we go, baby. You sent, you you're showing up live on Dynamite. You sent him Jay to Root Beer Land? My That's God. A look, My God. Family, turn your back on the Tribal Chief. That's what happens. Wow. Can, he, yeah, Cody can tell him where all the cool, where all the good snacks are. You know, it's fine. God damn, you ain't got you don't just have him in Jacksonville. You got him in catering in Jacksonville. Man, yeah, right? Wow, <laughs> talk about hitting rock bottom. Ah, uh, get it? Yeah, see what I did there, huh? Honestly, though, the match was incredible. Do we want to talk about the stupid cheating thing or what? Um, Rob, you want to go first because I've got some thoughts on on the match itself, and then we can kick that around. Right, let's go the match first. Rob, go. It's too damn long for me. Well, y'all know how I am with the with the times. Yeah, this was thirty six minutes. Um, uh, but this was thirty six minutes. Yeah. Um. Look. Um. It could have been twenty eight. 25. They could have told that story in 20 to 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. And, and when, and then, and then also considering the hour when it, the time of night when it started, it was like 11, what, 1130? Yeah. Christ. It was 11:48 when I started watching, and I watched a good portion of the match. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, yeah, it was, um, that that's that's a problem. And but this is the thing. Uh, well, um, look, Roman, I love you. And look, Roman is as much my favorite wrestler as he is. Jason's just Jason gets all the praise covered, and and you know I save my praise for the 14-time women's champion. 
But that being said, uh, Roman. Hey, Roman. Now let's carefully note that in case the tribal chief ever hears that. Yes. Rob saves his praise for someone else. I only save my praise for the tribal chief. Okay. Let's go. I'm not praising any of it. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyhow, um, this was too long. And Roman, I love you, but you, you're doing these 30 minute matches almost every time now. And brother, you're not Ric Flair in 1983. You're not coming to the territory once a year. And you know, we and the people in the town won't see you till next year, okay? Yeah. <laughs> is, okay, you don't need to go 30 minutes every time, brother, okay? Um, but you know, um, for what it was, yeah, I mean, for, for the important parts of it, you, we're, we're you definitely good. don't need you definitely don't need to go 36. Oh my goodness, yeah, Whew. and um. But look, I'm, um, he took some crazy bumps, you know, Jay yeah. table, um, and you know, a number of people have said that look, you only do that with somebody you really trust doing it, do you? Um, so look, he, um, he and Jay, they, you know, they they laid everything in, really good, and so it was it was very well done, and <clears throat> it's just you know it was, it was too long, but. Other than that, it was excellent, man. Yes, but it was just, just too long for me, man. There you go, DJ. All right, so I've got some thoughts, but I am going to completely retract all of it at the end of what I'm about to say. <laughs> this is supposed to be tribal combat. This is for all the marbles. This is a this is blood. Like Jay's coming for the kingdom. He's coming for the championship. He's coming for head of the table. He's coming for rulership of the Isle of Relevancy. At no point in the first 15 minutes of that match did I feel like these guys were out there. Like I did not feel like Roman was defending a kingdom. I didn't feel like Jay was out there trying to conquer anyone. It felt like they were going out there and having a match to have a match. It just... I, I did not feel like it was a high-stakes big fight. There was one point in the match where Roman's standing around, popping the crowd, doing his thing, doing the Roman Reigns thing, while Jay's laying there half dead, and he hadn't really taken that many moves. Like, we weren't that deep into the match, and Jay's huffing and puffing and dying over here in the corner, and Roman's walking around the ring posing. Now, all that being said, that was my eyes on the product before I realized that Roman got injured very early on. And I wonder how much of Roman's injury played into the first half of that match being a little slow, being a little plotting. I think they may have had more in mind than what they ended up doing, which would have made that first half of the match much more exciting. Now, the important spots in the match felt super important. You know, the big table bump, well, all the big table bumps, you know, all the, you know, the, the stuff with um, Paul Heyman on the outside begging, you know, Jimmy, to, you know, okay, please just, you know, don't do this. You know, what Paul Heyman does, looking back in hindsight, I have a feeling that probably affected what they wanted to do in the match. Um, beyond that, I'm still very invested in the story they told. Um, if the injury prevented us from getting something more special, I'm sorry we missed it. Um, but if the way the match played out was what they intended, I think it was a swing and a miss. 
just because at no point up until maybe, maybe the last 10 minutes did I feel like this was a, 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 a fight for all the marbles. It, and I did not it, feel that in the first two thirds to three quarters of the match. I'll agree with you. It felt very much like their first couple of matches where it was very much, I am the little cousin trying to come for the crown. Where it's right. just like, okay, I don't take you seriously. You're, come on, dude. You're just the little one that I used to beat up all the time and you're still that one. Yeah. Okay, but that was the beginning of the yeah. story. The man, Jay Uso, was supposed to show up. And I, that's exactly it, Jason. You hit the nail on the head. Jey Uso from three years ago showed up on Saturday night. Exactly. And as Rob said last week, if this was a comic book, if this was a movie, if this was any, any other form of entertainment that was not live, weekly, episodic, Jey Uso would have won that match. And it would have, if that happened, it would have not felt like, it would have felt like it happened by accident. Yeah. So it would have not felt like, no, I've taken this guy's shit for three years. I've risen from becoming a tag, like a, a tag team legend to a single, like a, a, a singles legend. So like, and I'm, I'm ready to play. Let's go. Yeah. No, it was, we were back. We were back in the Thunderdome, at least at the beginning of the match. You were right. Once things, that last 10 minutes, when Solo got involved, it was, we were cooking and we were off to the races, but took a while to get there it was really a tale of two matches there was the first half yeah. and then the second half and the first half just didn't have me the second half felt exactly like what you were talking about it was jay like fighting for with everything in his soul to rip the kingdom away from roman and roman just holding on with both hands yep i think the one reason this match needs another reason these matches need to be shorter is because we're so invested in what the finish is going to be. Yeah, and so it it gets real easy to zone out until you know because even going back to earlier with you know with uh, the rumble with Kevin right, um, we knew like okay nothing nothing's important until. Jimmy or Jay or Sammy comes out there. Right. And they've gotten us so invested in how these matches are going to end. They're doing, for me, doing an extra long match when you've already got us all fixated on how it's going to end and not just the match itself. Um, you know, kind of, it, 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 it makes it harder to get through for me. Yeah, and Jay Jay has gotten obviously main event Jay Uso is not just a fun nickname. He's he's earned that. But yeah. at the same time, it Roman, if you're gonna go thirty five minutes with somebody, make it AJ Styles. Make it Randy Orton, not Jay. You know, it just we couldn't get no. We it, it was a bad idea. So um but the result was awesome and your boy called it. Uh Good. So I should take that victory lap, didn't he? Oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> I very rarely get the come on. Just the fact that I got one right down to the finish was uh was I'm a very happy boy. So I'm I'm excited uh, that I finally got one. Uh so I called it. Do you, Jimmy, 
came back. Jimmy pulled Jay out of the ring, and Jimmy did nothing else. Jimmy did not help Roman. Jimmy just hurt Jay. You could look at it that way. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get now that on SmackDown they've advertised the fact that Jimmy is coming to acknowledge the tribal chief. Okay, well, if you're telling me that on the commercials to SmackDown, I can tell you something that's not going to happen on Friday. Um, But so with the actual result in mind and what happened there, what do you have on the the latest bloodline shenanigans, Rob? Um, Well, okay, so Jimmy is going to come about as close to saying, fuck you, Roman, as you possibly can on network television. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Jimmy is here for Roman at all. Uh, again, this was some. This was thing between him and Jay, and he's gonna have nothing for Roman, and or Solo for that matter. And and so yeah, I mean the issue now is gonna be between, between gonna be between Jimmy, Jimmy and Jay for the next I don't know couple months or whatever. Um, yeah, and of course Roman is gonna be shocked and surprised and. You know, and all of that, of course. Um, you know, now there were some people, there have been some people over the past few days who have, who have been really, really upset <laughs> at the way things transpired. So, you know, I, I've seen the phrase, you know, jump the shark mentioned. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I saw that one. I mean, how? Right? I mean... And look, and look, and look, and this is like, somebody like I said last week that I didn't want that I didn't want that to happen. That I thought it'd be doing too much, but listen, dude, it's so annoying. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, Rob. Finish your thought, and then I I have a immediate follow up. But I mean, yeah, having actually seen it go down, now I don't have a problem with it, and for those of y'all who okay, well y'all y'all want something different. Well, what? It's it's August. What do y'all want? Okay, what do y'all want them to do? Everybody Um, gets a turn. Yes, the twin brother turning on the twin brother is a little soap opera, and it's just another beat in this soap operatic story that we've got got going on. So I understand the the jump the shark mentality. At least I understand it. But guys. It's the fact that the thing I mentioned last week, why I thought this was going to happen, it's the thing that we've mentioned a couple of times. Their dream WrestleMania match is each other. So if we can't make that happen at WrestleMania, at least can we make it something cool? Well, yeah, that's happening. And tell me those guys haven't earned it. Tell me that with a straight face that they haven't earned the right to call hey can i have one match that i want on my own so yeah it's but also i'm sorry if you're really that mad about this like soap operatic bullcrap i don't know what you've been watching for the past three years let alone the last 30 so uh that's my two cents on the jump the shark comments hey, DJ, oh rob yeah get after it okay a lot of y'all didn't want jd win anyway because y'all still want a whole note from cody so, if you didn't want Jay to win, then what's supposed to happen here? Right. I mean, Rome what, what, what's supposed to happen? Down again? Yeah, After I mean, three yeah, years? 
Right. I mean, what what's supposed to happen here? If you did, if you didn't want Jay to win, because if you want them, if you're expecting them to hold it until for Cody to win it or whatever, then that means you didn't want Jay to win. And if you didn't want Jay to win, then no, Roman was not just going to put him in the dirt and you know and put his foot on his chest and you know get the three count. Okay, um, something was gonna you know some something was gonna have to happen and something was gonna have to happen to keep the story going. Also. Because if Roman had beat him that way, then what? Jay's gonna come out there with his head tucked down Friday and say, "Well, you won, so I guess we get to fall back in line." I mean, no. And, and uh, that's the go ahead and finish because I'm gonna that, piggyback right off of that. Wants, that. I mean, that, that would have been that would that would stink. Okay, that would really stink. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Well, that's the thing. There's no story in a clean Roman Reigns win. There's not. If he cleanly beats Jay, like definitively beats Jay into the dirt, that's it. Jay comes back out. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're the tribal chief. And then what do we do? You know, yes, people are are hot. Okay, WWE, at least as far as my memory serves, unless it's Mandela effect, tribal warfare was supposed to be everyone is barred from ringside. No one is allowed to interfere. That is per the elders. Okay? That was the, 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 the edict handed down from the elders in tribal combat. Okay, this was our understanding. And a lot of people are hot because we got interference from Solo Sokoa. We got interference from uh, Jimmy Uso. So there's looking at it as a podcast IWC nerd. I see why people are hot with that. But it happened on Sunday. These guys are not back on – or Saturday. These guys are not back on TV until Friday. Give them six days to answer that. Before you come out here and say the WWE jumped the shark, the WWE screwed the finish. One, it's wrestling, so it's not that big of a deal. Okay, this shit happens all the time. Um, two, give see if they can you breathe a little bit. Can you calm the hell down, watch the damn show, and see if they address it because they might. That might have been the plan all along. Also. Yeah, number one, Jay might just be like, no, screw you, or Jimmy or Jay or somebody might just turn to Roman and be like, no, screw you, we're going to handle our own thing and we're going to beat the shit out of each other, but you can't even do tribal combat right because you, you know, had us get jumped. Okay, well, they addressed it. What, what now? And also, the second point I'd like to make about this, oh, why is everyone upset? Because Solo and Jay interfered, or Jimmy interfered? Because that's against the rules of the tribal combat, as opposed to all the other times Solo and interfered, <laughs> or Jay or Jimmy interfered, and the ref looked at them and went, "Yes, sir, go right ahead, get in the ring, please." So yeah, I hate to just turn it back into the, "Well, yeah, he's a bad guy, dummy," but, "Well, yeah, he's a bad guy, dummies." Sorry. That's okay. that was that point was particularly really annoying. Where it's like, yeah, no shit, he broke the rules, even the tribal I, combat rules. I don't He's the bad guy. Any time, and I do not recommend that you do. Please take my fatherly advice. Do not join Facebook wrestling groups. No. Okay. Yeah. They're they're absolutely the most illogical bunch of people <laughs> on the planet. And they just, oh, God, that's that's all I've heard for days is, you know, Roman, Roman can't be the best if he, if he can't win without him. I'm like, he's a heel. 
Right. He's not a cool. He is a cool heel, but he's not a cool heel. Okay, he's a heel. He's got to cheat to win, and he has, as I remember correctly, cleanly at least as clean as you can in a triple threat match. He cleanly smashed and stacked Daniel Bryan and Edge. Someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. No, Jay. Well, Jay interfered. Did yeah. Jay interfere? Well, whatever. It's a triple threat match. Right, there's, right there's, at the very, very beginning. The end. Yeah, right, right at the very the end. Yeah. So, you know, but, what are we I mean, doing no, here? Exactly, again, in that case, I'm actually not being as funny. In that case, yes, it was allowed for Jay to. Well, it wasn't against the rules. I don't know about allowed. Right. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Again, it's just. Oh. He's a bad guy. I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Bad guys too. Like, yeah, WWE kind of does treat us like children in that regard, but I kind of like it. It's just because they make it painfully obvious for some of you dopes who want to not pay attention to what you're watching. Bad guys cheat to win almost every single time. It doesn't mean they're less effective in combat or they're not as threatening or whatever. It's a narrative choice to tell you this is the bad guy. Good guys win clean. Bad guys have to cheat a little bit 90% of the time. I had so, to resort to my cousins jumping in in order to beat this guy. That yep. was that was it. Yep. And I've done it before and probably will do it again. Yep. So. All right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's give the pay-per-view a grade. We're going to wrap around the room here. Jason, uh, ABC, give me your grade for SummerSlam. Uh, Incomplete because I didn't watch it from beginning to end, but just coming out of it and seeing the results and seeing the, the at least the raw after, I'm just going to give it a B minus. Um, yeah, it was it got everything needed to, to get done. Some stuff didn't need to get done and just felt kind of like man. Um, of course, the, that's the heavyweight championship match that I'm referring to, but also again. You can't build the tension without building the tension. So, yeah, I'll give it a B minus. Okay, Rob. Um, I'll give it a B because again, the time. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the time dragged it down. Um, so and that and that matters because most of the most of the premium live events this year have been three hours or kind of three hours and some change. Uh, this was well over four hours. Um, and. And it was late at night, you know, because, you know, you know, a four-hour pay-per-view in the afternoon isn't so bad. But right. four-plus hours at night, it's, it's, you know. And so that, I'm sorry, that does take away from it because yeah, that, that affects your yeah. viewing experience. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a B. B. I'm going to go with a B-. minus uh, Again, and the time issue being the biggest thing. Like Rob said at the top of the podcast, the individual pieces – were very good, um, but the total sum of its parts not quite as good as the individual parts were. Um, so yeah, B minus for me. All right, before we get out of here, I want to invite you to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can pick up the official Mindless Wrestling Podcast T-shirt. I'm wearing one tonight. It's absolutely comfortable shirt. Got it in soft style. I love it. Go pick yourselves up one. We'll love you for it. 
let's wrap back around the room here. Thank my co-host. We're actually going to get out of here a little bit early tonight, guys. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I'm ready to wrap it up. Yeah. So, Jason, sir, good show tonight. Awesome show. Love you guys. This has been fun. Yeah, absolutely love you. Thanks for coming back. Rob, again, fun time tonight, man. Yes, always, always. All right, and I am DJ. You've been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. Remember, always use your head. And remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here till next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.